welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Kiwi. Today's podcast is an interview with Flora Jensen of Nightwish. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in the great Flora Jensen of Nightwish and many other bands. Flora, how are you today? Hey, good morning. Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, first and foremost, as much as I'm excited to speak about all things Floor and Nightwish today, I, I obviously, uh, you know, heavy on our minds is this current pandemic crisis. You have had, I believe, mm-hmm. family members ill. I hope everybody is well now and you guys are hanging in there the best you can. Yeah, it was two aunts, actually, uh, who live in the Netherlands. I live myself in Sweden. Um, surely Netherlands has been on them. Yeah, been having a lot of cases uh, of corona, but um, they're both doing well. Thank you. Great. Good to hear. Um, and obviously, it's a strange time in the world. I think um, Nuclear Blast is one of the few labels that hasn't really been affected by any delays yet. Not too many, at least in North America or Europe maybe a couple, but uh, it's got to be strange to put an album out at a really weird time in the world where you can't have a record store signing or a concert that day or probably the first time in your career where you've had a record released and not promoted it in person with fans. No, indeed. It's super weird. I mean, we did get to do our, our like promotional tour that we do here in Europe, and we had um, – um, the European press, international press coming over to us in Finland. But um, yeah, the actual release itself was, yeah, you know, a WhatsApp message to the rest of the band with me holding a glass of champagne. Cheers, guys. <laughs> yeah, super weird. Super weird. And it felt like, it almost felt like it didn't happen. Also, because I don't know, forever what fucking reason, part of my French, I didn't have the record on the day of the release. So it also was something, you know, I've been seeing people posting pictures of themselves having the album (laughs) almost a week before the actual release. I think the first picture came on Monday and it was coming out on on Friday. It was like, what? Did it come early this time? Well, you know, that's weird, but where's mine then? And started to ask and yeah, um, I guess they didn't even send it yet. So it came in like over a week later. <laughs> that also wow. didn't really help with the feeling of we just released an album. And um, of course, I'm beyond proud of it. it it's still 100% ours. And um, uh, it's just very weird not to, not to be able to play. But, you know, the good thing, however, uh, and I still want to emphasize the positive, uh, is that it, people have so much more time to actually listen to it. I think, you know, music uh, come, yeah, listening to music nowadays is something that people have a lot of time for. So if you then come with it, with such a diverse and complex album as this, um, it's maybe the perfect time for it. Exactly. And it, and it is, you know, we can unpack all of that. There is uh, a lot to discuss about human to nature. And um, yeah, you know, sorry that you didn't get to have your record. I do believe that a couple of labels, at least here in the States, were starting to send out pre-orders early because there's been some, you know, question about the mail delivery and everybody seemed, you know, mm-hmm. services seem to be running, but just the concern, I think, yeah. of, you know, at least they got it into the fans' hands on time. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you didn't get yeah. yours until later. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a bit of the world uh, upside down, really the wrong order, but I'm still happy that people got their copy in time. I mean, that's most important, but um, uh, 
it was just, you know, weird to see it. At the same time, it was cool to see very, very happy faces. Uh, you know, a long-awaited, long-anticipated record was there. So, um, yeah, and time is such a elusive thing at the moment. I don't know if, if other people experience it like that, too. Getting knocked out of your daily routines, if you have one. I don't really have them because I'm either at home or on the road, so I have many different kind of routines sort of but I've, i haven't been at home that long um before uh knowing that i'm going to be at home so much longer as well you know you can have breaks between but now it's like it's just an endless yeah we're gonna i'm just probably gonna be home almost all year so oh, i know i hope weird. not I hope not. Um, my whole life revolves around going to shows and interviewing bands. It's literally my almost my only social life. So it's very sad, but that is true. And I hope we get yeah. it back. At least little club shows and little theaters can start opening up, I hope. We'll see. We're very stubborn Americans. It seems like uh, Europe is doing a lot better with this than we are. But um, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, Step by step, you know, Europe is, is also very divided in how how we um, uh, deal with with the pandemic. So, for instance, I live in Sweden. It has a total different approach than the majority, actually, of the other countries. But surely to the Netherlands, where I'm from, completely different policy. <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, I always find, I always find, you know, my 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 um, travel to the Netherlands. I always found it to be such a fascinating, interesting place in terms of just the citizenry and how everybody is a little more thoughtful and you know nice. And uh, I'm from New York City, so we're not that we're not that nice. I'm nice, but most of us aren't. And uh, just in general, it seems like they seem to be doing a better job than most of the rest of the world, from what I've heard. Like very sensible. I hope so. I mean, um, I think for for every country, it's it's really hard to find things out. And I have always enjoyed being in New York, uh, but it's definitely a big city. You know, it's a big city mentality that doesn't always come with nice. You know, people are very individualistic in cities. That's just, I guess, a global thing. But I always loved being there. And uh, well, I know that the situation for you guys there is just incredible. And I really hope that your government is going to shape up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> seems to be not on the agenda, but we'll do our best here. Um, and we'd love to have you back. I, you know, we always love having the band here in the city. Um, so this album, like you said, complex is the word. It definitely, I didn't really have a lot of time with it before the release. And so once it came out, I, I, I listened to it. And I listened to it again the last few days, getting ready for this interview. And uh, it is very, because it's strange that after like 25 years, 20, 25 years of a career, Nightwish is putting out like the most, com almost, one of the most complex albums of their entire career um yeah. it is a fantastic and diverse record and uh yeah it's it's, it's just a lot to un unravel so i wanted to ask you in terms of your approach like to the material um you know fantastic job by the whole band and yourself so you know where did you guys kind of start with this process of this vast record um, well, we have one songwriter in our band who writes everything, and that's the one. So he comes with, with the ideas, and um, he makes a, a demo out of all the songs. And from that, we start to rehearse those uh, together. So we all start to sort of add our own, uh, like, taste to the sauce. And, and from there, we start to record. 
indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas is incredible. This is an incredible album. Uh, so many fun songs. The opening is, you know, I feel like the beginning of the album is a very typical Nightwish experience, like a very, like sort of in, a, in an orchestral opening with strings and it builds and then there's a track and a few tracks and then it really takes a, not quite a left turn, but it definitely shifts. And I think Shoemaker is a track that it shifts to and Harvest and, and uh, Tribal is actually one of my favorite tracks ever by the band. It's so it's so strange and heavy and I love the rhythms and it's, it's a fun song. Yeah, cool. I agree. <laughs> a lot of fun, a lot yeah. of fun stuff on the, on the first part of the record. That's uh you know, typical regular fans, longtime fans are going to love the straight up, you know, the night wishiness of the first half of the record. That is, you know, <laughs> Oh, I love this stuff. This is great. Like a lot of diversity, different kinds of songs, which has to be fun for you as a singer also to be able to, you know, vary it up a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been properly challenged, too. The, the complexity of some of those melodies were really mind-boggling. And then, yeah, very diverse, for sure, from real intense full-on opera to to screaming, almost rapping in, in, in tribal to, well, the tribal, tri tribal noises that were just chanting to, you know, complex melodies in the verses of Shoemaker and, and, and music, for instance. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and then some, some nice harmony singing in the songs that I do not sing the lead, but uh, Troy and Mark do. So, yeah, the, I loved, loved working on it. It's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. And of course, uh, yeah, Tribal also has that great chanting part. It reminded me of a Hans Zimmer uh, Batman soundtrack, right, with the chanting. It was very primal. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah. really, I listened to that track several times, because not just because I enjoyed it, the, the rap is unique, and I thought the beats and the, the percussion was great. And then that chant is like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. It was really fun to do. And I was so happy that nobody could see me when I was going for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I must have looked really weird. <laughs> I bet, I bet you do. Kind of take on. I think you know. I have a, a little bit of a singing background. Uh, clearly, not in in the same room as you guys, but yeah, I think that's kind of funny. That like, obviously, you kind of take on, you know, different. Uh, you know, you definitely approach th different kinds of vocals differently, and that chant certainly had to be unusual for you in your career. Yeah, it was, it was, but, uh, you know, you have to, yeah, it's not just what comes out, it's like you have to sort of go into that kind of style and, and you find yourself with the most facial, weird facial expressions and, and yeah, you know, you, uh, I could really, yeah, get into it, you know, it's like I'm almost dancing in my little vocal booth there, <laughs> and yeah, it, it needs to. Yeah, you need to go into it, else it sounds too clean, and, and it, it really has to go. Yeah, I had to go, go tribal. <laughs> nice. And then um, Endlessness kind of ends the first part of the record, and uh, mm -hmm. another one of these tracks that is just captivating. It's really beautifully written and uh, performed. Um, there's been quite a few, you know, if, if the album ended right there, I, I would have been good with that. And then yeah. it, it takes a complete other turn and all the works of nature, yeah. which adorn the world is this suite, I guess, of songs. And uh, let's talk yeah, a little bit about the back half, yeah. right? It's a suite mm -hmm. and it's the back half of the record. And it really reminded me of like the best of the band and also the best of kind of my, my whole 
you know, a lifelong fandom of uh, classical music and chamber music even. There's some incredible okay. parts. Let's talk about that second, the ending of the record, that whole part. Sure. So, um, yeah, like, what was your approach to some of these different tracks? It's all kinds of, again, almost a completely separate, you know, a whole other record, basically. Yeah, it is in a way. Um, yes, it makes total sense that, that it's part of this album and it's it's human and nature, human nature, uh, where you could see that the, the first nine songs with the band on it is more human related. And then the, the, the that last classical suite is like a love letter to nature. Um, yeah, it, it, once again, Duomos, who wrote it, um, who who came, uh, yeah, threw it into the group, like, hey, guys, I just wrote this 30-minute-plus um, classical thing that um, that I really want to uh, put on the album, but you're not going to be on it. And <laughs> I thought about it later, like, I, if that would have happened to me, like, 20 years ago, and, and one of the guys in the band would suggest something like this, I, I think my ego would have said, what? But in this band uh, and this time where we're in, it made total sense, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, uh, I can, I can't wait to hear that." You know what, what you've come up with, and um, uh, I'm very glad that I got to sing on it. Though um, that's maybe an ego thing, but it, more importantly, it's, it's just my desire to be part of something so beautiful. Uh, it's it was so so much fun to sing that I was sorry that it was done. You know, I <laughs> could have done that a hundred times more uh, just because I enjoyed it so much. And um, yeah, I mean, he has such a rare gift to take you places. Maybe especially now in this time of the pandemic, if you say, I can't get out much, well, put on this track, close your eyes and just imagine you're somewhere else. You know, it, it will take you places. And uh, yeah, I, I love it, the way it flows and just takes you to different things. Well said. And I think uh, a credit to you in that, obviously, you fronted your own band. You have many other projects in the works and ongoing and other releases. So you, you definitely have the opportunity to be on Nightwish to fulfill any other, you know, musical passions you may have. But it's, you know, I think in a band like Nightwish, and this has probably been the case since the beginning, you know, obviously with one main writer and sort of he's the sort of creator the creator of the band and the, you know, creative force behind a lot of the records, you know, you have to have mm -hmm. kind of a selflessness, right. To be able to not just participate, but also to get his vision out, you know, that satisfies him. So it's, it could yeah. be, I guess it could be a challenge, right? <clears throat> well, not, not really like that. I mean, I don't think anybody in the band is, is merely making music to satisfy the almost, but uh, he knows very well what he wants and he knows what he can expect from us. That's also why it's so, so lovely to be so challenged, uh, because then you don't want to live up to the expectation. Um, but um, if you listen to the demo and you listen to the, the, the final results, it's clear that uh, despite it being um, music written by Thomas, it will never sound uh, like it does without us. And that's the part that we add where, well, if you may say the ego comes in, but also, um, more importantly, the, the creative uh, element, the, the, the unique sounds that each of us bring and the ideas and the cooperation, the um, process that we're in that leads inevitably to something else than, than a copy-paste of, of a demo. And, and that's what makes us a very strong band and very stable also because we allow each other 
things. <laughs> nice. Um, what other projects are you able to work on during this time? I imagine you might be doing some writing or recording on your own uh, in the meantime. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I sort of accidentally stumbled upon a solo career in my home country, which sounds a bit naive, but it really happened way bigger than I ever envisioned or thought it would happen. Um, so all of a sudden, I had some of my solo shows that sold out so crazy that I added some more. And from there, the yeah, the demand for, for something from me kind of uh, really grew, uh, which I at first was like, yeah, that's great, but how on earth am I going to combine all of this with a release of Nightwish and World Tour that's about to happen? I need to postpone everything until I, I will have space in both my agenda as my head to even look at this. But, well, hey, the pandemic made uh, a lot of space, so indeed I'm uh, trying to um, um, write. And uh, it's been, been wonderful to see that after so many years of actually not being uh, creative much um, these things are coming out um, so I'm, I'm writing without any form of time pressure or ambition that it needs to sound like this or that which is for now uh, really wonderful and, and, and as far as I want to go and um, but surely uh, one bit by bit I'm getting closer to a bit of a more structured working uh, routine there of what I would want but um, that, that's what I'm doing and uh, I've actually just been asked to sing on somebody's project um, that has nothing to do with any metal or bands uh, I can't really reveal anything more for the moment though but uh, at some point this month uh, we're behind the scenes working on, on that um, we'll be clear what I've been um, what I've been up to and uh, yeah nice to stay stay uh, creative and uh, able to to work from home with I have a fantastic microphone I just got before all of this um, so I, I can I can work <laughs> nice that's a relief and uh, aside from music what are you doing to just keep yourself occupied and busy hopefully you know mentally and physically well during this time <laughs> Oh God, I have so much to do that I, every day feels too short. It's really funny because uh, I, I live in the countryside with my family. I'm married. I have a daughter who's three. Uh, we keep her up from daycare. Um, so, well, that's, that's already a uh, handful. Uh, next to that, I have two horses. And, uh, well, countryside, so we have a few paddocks and a bit of forest. And then um, I started growing my own veggies and, and herbs. Um, yeah, that's plenty. Yeah, you sound very busy, of course, and uh, you know, definitely got to be challenging to occupy a toddler in this time when they're probably used to going out a lot and doing different things. Play dates and such become probably yeah. a challenge. Yeah, that's, she. Yeah, I think by now, and after a couple of weeks, she starts to kind of miss a couple of things. But I think uh, until now, uh, all of us have been really enjoying our time together. Um, you know, I would have already been in China. I would have already been in South America. I would have missed weeks and weeks of this. And I try to see it in a positive way that, well, too bad I can't. But now I, I got to see all these small things that my daughter is doing. I mean, at this age, they're just constantly developing and changing. And I, 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 see, it, I see it as a real gift to be able to be there for all of that. Amazing. And then I always like to... Uh wind up my interviews with a wild card question, but nothing too crazy. I just like to find out personal things about artists that I think are interesting to fans to hear. And so I always wonder about the, uh, what was the album or the first song that really changed your life and made you want to be a singer far beyond and before you mm -hmm. became a vocalist? 
Um, I don't have something like that, but um, I was singing and I was trying to kind of find my way. I think um, that's more looking back to how I was um, at the time. Uh, and then I heard on the radio um, a song called uh, Strange Machines from The Gathering, which is a Dutch band. And um, so this was late 90s. Um, and it must have been 95, 96, I suppose, that it came. And that made me want to sing in a metal band. And from there, I started to uh, look for that and, and start talking with people. And I ended up singing in, uh, in After Forever, um, who wanted a backing vocalist to start with, because bands with female singers uh, did not or barely exist. It's around the same time that, that a lot of European metal bands started to pop up with female singers. And I was in the beginning of that as well. Um, and that's why it was such a, such a breaking point to hear the gathering. Awesome. I think many people had that same uh, impression when they first heard of NECA and The Gathering. They were unbelievable. That very beginning was on another yeah. level from what anyone else right. in the world was doing. Um, right. I agree. <laughs> amazing. Thank you for sharing, Flora. It's always wonderful to catch up with you. Continue to be safe and well and happy. I do hope we get that U.S. Thank tour you. in the fall. I keep my fingers crossed that we get you here. Oh, and uh, Don't get your hopes up, sweetie. Really, don't get anybody's hopes up. I don't think so. I know. I know. You know, know. what? Time, time is elusive. So before you know it, we'll be there. And then hopefully for a little bit longer because the tour was relatively short. So we'll, we'll surely be there. But let's keep our health uh, most, most important for now. And thank you for that. I, I wish you the same to you and to everybody listening. Um, I hope we'll soon meet in good health and a good Indeed. fortune. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.